This is the happy hour. You guys going to happy hour? Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. Yeah, maybe I'll come for a couple. Here are your hosts, Nick Sainert. I want to know what it's like to commit a crime without having to spend time in jail. And Enrique Alvarez Clary. C is for chunk. <laughs> Brought to you by Empire Fence and Netting on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome in. Happy Tuesday. This is the happy hour, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Nick Sainert, Enrique Alvarez, Clary hanging out with you guys. Rico, what's up? Hello. How we doing? Uh, Doing all right. Just trying to, you know, make sense of what happened last night and what I watched. Scary, scary stuff. Dude, I was, wa- I was watching the game with, with Ellie and Rachel, and yeah. we were trying to get KJ to sleep, and you know, Ellie's, you know, asking about the teams because she doesn't know anything. And she, you know, every time we watch football or basketball, she's like, oh, the red team, that's us. That's she just assumes all, yeah, the, all it, the red yeah. teams are Nebraska. And I was like, no, I was like, this one is this one is blue and orange. And I was explaining to her the mascots. And I was like, yeah, the orange is a tiger and the blue is. And I wasn't sure if I should say a bull or what. So I was like, it's a cow. She goes, I like cows. So, she was a Bills fan last night. Okay, perfect. Um, as always, 402-464-5685. Honda of Lincoln Hotline, Starter Heyman Text Line, both those open for you guys the entire show. Definitely want to get your thoughts. We got a lot of stuff coming up on the show today. Um, we mentioned at the end of the crossover there that the NCAA turn or NCAA ex- just committee committee of something has the transformation committee is the name. Here we go. Has recommended that throughout a couple sports, multiple sports, they expand the postseason field, and this would include. NCAA men's and women's basketball tournament tournaments and basically in layman's terms in this short story 90 teams around 90 teams would be involved in the NCAA men's and women's basketball tournaments that's a lot of teams that's a lot of teams Bach was mentioning like hey Thursday that Thursday and Friday slate is fun and it is when you have games that start at 10:50 or whatever it is um you know throughout True TV and and TBS and all that that's great However, um, what how does that lose some of its pizzazz when you add two more days, or does it even make it? Does it make it even better? Mm. Like that's what's interesting because I mean, it's you're just gonna more you're gonna, basketball. It's gonna I don't be know more about the last yeah. lack of pizzazz or addition of pizzazz. It's just it's just more basketball with more teams. I mean, does that? You know what? What kind of matchups do you get if you're getting that? That's are true. you getting are you getting a, a Lehigh versus a Dayton? Or are you getting a Lehigh versus a Duke? Like, yeah. how how exactly does that match up? Are you getting a you know the you know tenth best team in the SEC mm-hmm. versus the fourth best team in the Big Ten? Well, or, the way to, the or, way to think about it now is like you have the eight nine seeds play each other, I believe. Mm-hmm. With an expanded bracket, you're not having that. You would have like the 11 seed play the 12 seed, mm-hmm. and those close games. Now, granted, in March Madness, both men's and women's, a lot of them are close. Anything can happen, right? We've seen we've seen Mercer be able to stay toe to toe with Duke, and and Gonzaga's eventually fallen, and like anything can happen when you are in March Madness. So, does it add to the chaos when you have 90 teams? But gosh, I mean, that's a lot of teams. That is a lot. Of teams is that to have more, to kind of keep tabs on. So does that your your leagues that have one automatic qualifying bid 
Do they get two? Do you mm. get your championship teams yeah. in? Runner or up. is it still or is it still just, you know, your one auto qualifying and then it's at just large. at large bids, but it's going to be hard yeah. for a for a I don't know, Big West <laughs> second, you know, the the second best mm-hmm. team in the Big West to contend with the sixth best team in the Big 10. Yeah, I mean, and that's what I mean, people are saying on here um Bill and Bennett claims that expanding the tournament might be the only way for Husker hoops to get in. Hey, they're Bill, decent this year. Bill, they so Nebraska's got a, a a game tonight against Michigan State on the road in the Breslin Center. Th- there's an opportunity here. Nebraska That's a Q1 one win if they win. It is. And they've gotten a couple this year. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing I will also say about Nebraska and it kind of goes in in parallel with the mentality and kind of the the way they're operating this season with their defensive identity, right? with their defensive first identity, and necessarily, I mean, multiple guys being able to score in double figures, for goodness sakes, against Iowa the other night, all five of their starters were in double figures. Beautiful. All five of them. And when you have that balance, you're not relying on one guy to drop 25 or 30 points in a game, and it allows you to stay stay competitive in games that maybe you're not supposed to be competitive in. One of those could be Michigan State tonight. Another could be Michigan down the road or Ohio State on the road. Like when you have a, a team like Nebraska that's scrappy, that's physical, that dives on the floor for loose balls. Number one, not only does that help with momentum inside the within the game, but also keeps you in game. When you have when you don't allow poor shooting or or a poor shooting percentage on the offensive side of the floor to affect your defensive play on the on that side of the floor. We saw that in years past with. I don't want to name names, specific players where if they didn't shoot well that night, right? If the they did not shoot stuff. well, they the the defensive effort suffered or it was lacking because you could just see them jog mm-hmm. back. And that's not they, the case yeah, they, this year. They, you know, they'd miss a shot. They'd hang their head. They they wouldn't, you know, sprint back to get back on defense. They'd give up an easy bucket. And then they're, you know, waiting down the court. And, you know, you do that enough times, then your teammates aren't going to want to pass you the ball because if mm-hmm. you miss, you're not going to make it down on the defensive end. So then you're not getting shots up. You're not touching the ball. You're hanging your head even more. You're upset with your teammates and all that. And it just one thing leads to another. Yeah. And with this team, it doesn't seem like really anybody – you know, expects to take a certain number of shots. It's just, if I get a shot, if I'm open, I'll take it. If I make it, great. If I don't, I'm going to go back and try and get a stop. This team seems a lot more cohesive and seems like they work together a lot better than some of the previous teams that Husker Hoops has had. I mean, Nebraska's on a two-game winning streak, and now they'll, like I said, they'll travel to East Lansing tonight. Um, Tip-off from the Breslin is set for shortly after 6 p.m. Central Time. Uh, Kevin Kugler and Steven Bardo will be on the call for that game that's televised on the Big Ten Network, um, but it'll also be available on the Fox Sports app. Now, Nebraska, they are eight and six overall and one and two in the Big Ten now, coming off of once again the best defensive effort, not only of the season but possibly under Fred Hoiberg, when they held Iowa, a team that was averaging eighty three points per game, the best to offense 50, in the Big Ten, to fifty points in the entire contest. Last week. It's a weird thing to say. Iowa, the best offense in the Big Ten. We're talking basketball. Basketball. Promise. Yeah. Promise. Huskers held Iowa to a 26% shooting uh, effort in holding the Hawkeyes to a season-low 50 points, 33 below their season average. Um, don't forget, Nebraska also in that game had a 20-0 first-half run. Usually that happens against Nebraska. Oh, against Nebraska. They, look, they were... They were on fire from everywhere. It was it was beautiful. And mm-hmm. then there was a, there was a stretch where both teams went on a very long scoring drought, 
and Nebraska right. wasn't forcing. They, you know, a couple shots were being forced up from three, but for the most part, they were working on getting the rim, and they were getting to the rim. The shots just weren't falling. So uh, Nebraska knows what they have to do to break out of those those scoring ruts, but at the same time, not letting it, as we talked about earlier, affect them on the defensive end of things as they were keeping this high flying Iowa now, offense from from scoring the basketball. The the on the flip side of it, I guess when Nebraska was trying to milk the clock, and Fred Hoiberg kind of discussed this a little bit in the post game. Uh, the other night, what night was it? Was it Wednesday, Thursday? All the days of that they that they together. were with that they were played against Iowa. I, I can't. I'm, it's blanking on me. Um, I want to say it was Thursday. Either way, in the post game after their their 66 to 50 win against Iowa, yeah, it was Thursday. He, I wasn't here the next day. That's right. He kind of talked about how when they tried to milk the clock when they were up big and they were trying to milk the clock a little bit, things got a little sloppy. Things got because and, and one thing when you have that balance, I suppose, and Nebraska is still, I suppose, trying to. Learn how to close out games, right? Yeah, they haven't been in that position. Like sim- very often. similar to football, right now, or has been basketball is in a in a more similar position because here they are a team that is used to when they're playing teams that are are superior to them or are supposed to be better than them. They struggle to close it out, and they find them. They don't find themselves up by sixteen points <laughs> when the clock hits zero, especially. So it got a little sloppy, and I think one of Nebraska's things is. They might need to find a guy, and Sam Greasel could vary, and Derek Walker as well could be one of these two or both of them. Derek Walker where it's, in foul trouble. Where, exactly. That night he was. Where it's when you hand them the ball with 10 seconds on the shot clock and they put up a, a high caliber shot or a high quality shot. You can't just chuck something up there, obviously, with three seconds on the shot clock when you're trying to milk the clock. Now, that time that you took off is valuable, but you need to be able to have still have a, a, a high quality shot. Is this one of those at the end of the possession? Where, like I understand that a lot of teams do it, and they milk the clock towards the end of or towards the end of the game uh, when they're up by enough points. But is this one of those things where just keep running what you're running? Don't don't slow it down. Don't milk the clock. Just I don't know. Keep it going. worked. It's like worked. hey, it worked. Hey, it worked, and they won. Like I'm yeah. not I'm not nit, I'm not trying to nitpick or anything. But it's just at, at certain points like this, is this more of a playing not to lose instead of a playing to win mentality where Maybe. you're especially with a team like this where you're not you know a lot of those other teams that do that are are better than mm-hmm. the teams that they're beating like that's why they're up by so much Nebraska if they find themselves in this situation again uh it's more than likely not going to be up against a team that they're just better than they're in the yeah. they're in the Big 10 schedule right now they're not clearly better than a lot of the teams that they're going to be facing this year. So if they do find themselves up by 16 with five minutes left in the game, and this is to me, and again, I'm not a, I'm not a college coach, so obviously you know, take what I say with a grain of salt, which I know all of you do. Um, but I would rather you keep running what you were running that got you this lead, that got you into this position, as opposed to slowing it down and, and, and parking the bus and just trying to take time off the clock and, and just trying to score at the end of the shot clock because if you're not setting anything up before then, which I'm sure they are, and then you find yourself with five seconds left, you got to hurry and put a shot up to hit the rim. It doesn't look good unless you got Wilhelm Breidenbach grabbing three offensive rebounds exactly. in one possession. But that's not going to happen every time. So just keep running the offense that you're running. If you score, you score. If yeah. you don't, you know, if you get an open shot, take it. I think overall, th- this team, as we've echoed multiple times and will continue to the rest of the year as long as they keep putting this effort together, it's a team that's enjoyable to watch and, and easy to cheer for for Husker fans that have endured such pain and such poor performance and poor effort over the last however many years from from the team. Now, there's been individual guys 
that we can point to over the last couple of years and say they tried, like they their effort was there every night. But in the Big Ten, that's not going to cut it. That's not going to cut it uh, even mm-hmm. against Kennesaw State, as we've seen in years past. So once again, Nebraska travels travels to the Breslin Center, East Lansing, Michigan. Uh, they face Michigan State tonight at 6 p.m. Game is uh, going to be televised on the Big Ten Network. And here, here's just a little interesting note for you. Nebraska features an attack with six different players averaging at least 9.7 points per game. That's so, Six of your players feature over nine and a half points per game, including three players that that average double figures. Senior forward Derek Walker leads the Huskers in points, or excuse me, in scoring with thirteen and a half points per game and rebounding with eight or eight rebounds a game. Oh. While Sam Greasel is second on the team in scoring at ten point seven points per contest. Tuesday's game at Michigan State is the Huskers' eighth game away from home in the first fifteen contests while the Spartans will be the Huskers' seventh quad one opponent of the season. Goodness gracious. As of January 1st, Nebraska's strength of schedule ranks in the top 25 nationally in both the the net and Ken Palm. So there you go. Uh, Michigan State once again 9-4, and four, and they are 1-1 one one in the Big Ten Conference following a, a an 89-68 victory over Buffalo um, just a couple days ago. So, All right, let's go and get to break. When we come back... Rico's on this kick of C.J. Stroud. I am. I am pro C.J. Stroud. I am also pro C.J. Stroud. Doesn't sound like it. I just have a take. We'll we'll talk college football playoffs, um, and then we'll also kind of dive into Nebraska football and the new assistants that they hired before we get to the crossover with Strick and Nate. We'll be right back on the happy hour. Follow Nick and Enrique on Twitter at Nick underscore Sainert and at Radio Rico AC. More of Happy Hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. <laughs> 